Welcome to The Cloakroom. This is a podcast brought to you by The Daily Iowan covering national politics. I'm your host, I'm Jake Nemers. And I'm the politics editor with The Daily Iowan, Sarah Watson. As the field of Democratic presidential hopefuls grows, candidates are making their stops by uh, Iowa City, and a key middleman for those candidates is the University of Iowa Democrats. And today we're going to talk about how the 2020 presidential election has been going uh, for roughly 21, or for the roughly 21 uh, Democrats who have announced their candidacy. And in the cloakroom today, we have Nick Pryor, who is a member of University of Iowa Democrats. So Nick, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Perfect. Good. I'm doing well. All right. So as I mentioned, you are um, a member of the University of Iowa Democrats, um, an organization here on campus. So what is your exact role uh, in this organization? Yeah. So next year, I'm the uh, 2020 caucus coordinator for UI Democrats. Awesome. Perfect. So what kind of, I guess, for this year, I guess, what kind of work have you guys been um, doing in your organization with the with the presidential election season going on? Yeah, so first semester was mostly focused still on the midterms. So we did lots of canvassing out in um, all four congressional districts. Um, and then this time around second semester with the presidential election coming up, uh, a lot of the stuff we've been doing is mostly just bringing candidates here so people have uh, as much of an opportunity as possible to hear them. Awesome. All right. So like, what is it, what is it like then, um, you know, as, as a member of this organization, what is it like working directly with these, uh, with these campaigns, like getting them to come here and stuff like that? Uh, I mean, they definitely, like, they want to come to Iowa, so it makes it a little easier on our end. Um, I think it is though a very cool experience to be able to work kind of directly with these campaigns, uh, bringing them in. Um, but a lot of it, you know, is fairly, I guess, straightforward stuff, just like getting them a room and that sort of thing. But um, being able to see them, I guess, would be one of the coolest parts. All right. So what is what is the process like then of getting these candidates um, to Iowa City? Like what, what is it like, I guess, working with them in, in order to uh, to get them uh, available spaces and stuff like that? Yeah. So a lot of the work for bringing them in is usually done this year by our president. Uh, next year, we have a more full exec board. So it'll be me and the vice president and president doing a lot of the bringing them in. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the work we do involves, usually they'll contact us saying, oh, we want to do an event on campus um, at this time. Or usually they'll say, we want to do an event in Iowa City. Mm -hmm. um, and we have kind of like a layout basically on how, you know, for different candidates, what's like a good sized room for them, whether or not they want to do something on campus or if they want to do something like downtown, but not on campus. Um, so usually we will... If it's something where they don't want to do it on campus, we'll point them to, say, like the airliner or um, like the meeting rooms in the public library uh, or that sort of thing. And then if they want to do something on campus, um, University Democrats, since we're a student organization here, we can book rooms at the IMU. Mm -hmm. So usually we'll book, um, so like for example, like for some of the bigger candidates, like the main ballroom. Uh, and then usually we do some sort of little side event. So people who are in university Democrats get to like meet the candidate, get a photo, talk to them, ask questions. Gotcha. So I guess, do these candidates, do they just kind of go in assuming, um, like knowing that a lot of these universities have like a Democrat, like a, a democratic associated organization, do they just kind of knowing that beforehand always just to contact you if they're going to be coming in here? Or is it more like, do you guys have to like reach out to them occasionally? Um, I don't know in the past this year, we, they're very good about reaching out to us. Um, especially we have a really good relationship with the Johnson County Democrats. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if this has happened, but usually like they pass along information to us. So I assume that if there's any a time when a candidate reaches out to them, it gets on to us. Gotcha. All right. So a little bit of a bigger question here, but why, do, why is it that candidates want to stop through Iowa city um, specifically? Um, I think 
Iowa City has a lot of history in democratic politics. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I remember hearing stories from my dad just like walking downtown before like the 08 election or something like that. And you'd see Obama or John Kerry or Secretary Clinton walking by or something like that. So there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of history in the town, especially in Iowa, um, as as the rest of the state has moved more and more red over the past few years, Iowa City has arguably probably moved more to the left. And so if you want to win in the state if for the caucuses, you have to do well in Iowa City. Um, and I think especially with how big the student population is, um, that's a huge, huge part of it is reaching out to the students. Gotcha. So... Like you said, like with, um, you know, Johnson County having the University of Iowa here, um, when candidates come through, then do you notice like any particular topics that they tend to stick to um, or that are like that you might see as like reoccurring um, just because they're going to be going through here and knowing that, you know, this is a particular demographic group that they want to get? Or do they always kind of stick with main talking points or do they kind of go all over? Um, I think it's a little little bit of a mix of both because even when these events are on campus um, you do get a lot of turnout from people just in the Iowa City area in general so I wouldn't say that they're necessarily 100% just like directed to students like only issues that are relevant to students Mm because I also think there is an overlap between especially in a college town between issues that are directly relevant to students and and relevant to the people who live in the surrounding area so I do think you kind of you get a lot of the standard like democratic platforms and then usually like what their i guess like spin is on them like what Mm -hmm. their direction they want to take that um kind of regardless of the candidate it's usually focused on kind of like their their main talking points and policy ideas which are usually popular among both i guess both like the student population and the outside of campus area okay i got you so like where do like where do the candidates like to go? Um, like say if they maybe they're not going on campus. Yeah, I know you mentioned like the airliner, for example, or the public library. Um, but like, are there any other like places I guess around Iowa City that you usually see candidates stop at, whether it be like just symbolic or just because they're good spots to be? In terms of events, people love to do house party events. Like not only it's like it's a good photo op, but also, you know, you get you're much closer with people. Like you can get to like talk more directly with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, once we're at closer to the caucus, you'll probably see the more regular stops at uh, Hamburgin, just right. doing all that. I know uh, Beto O'Rourke was there, just like having like breakfast when he was in town, went to Hamburgin. So yeah, I think you see a lot of that. I think we're still a little too far off for candidates to be making like just the rounds around town. I think mm-hmm. that'll probably, stuff like that'll start to happen once we're closer to the caucus. But I think right now, like when they're not on campus, the airliner seems to be a really popular spot this time around. Gotcha. Yeah. So I guess what like do you have any? I guess do you have any advice for presidential uh, like or, like a presidential candidates or campaigns who are stopping through Iowa City to um, you know like I guess any advice that might help them attract college students to their events and stuff like that. I think sometimes you'll have candidates who it's like, well, we're going to be here in a college town, so every issue I need to touch on should be focused on college students or that sort of thing. Or making like very like pointed things to college students, I suppose. And I think overall candidates have done a good job of not doing that when they're here. But I know like people have discussions kind of after they're gone or when you like see things in the news about them where it's like, I think with, th- with this many candidates, 
everyone is looking for the best possible candidate, which means people are going to be more particular about what they look for. And so, I mean, when you have 21, 22 candidates to choose from, if one candidate does something where you're like, "Mm, maybe that's a little like, they're just like really trying to get my vote here. They don't really care. That's, it's, I guess, more of a factor than if we had, say, three candidates or four. Gotcha. Like with your organi- with your organization, I know that uh, you know, like you, you guys, like a lot of you guys are working on mul- are working with multiple different campaigns, or multiple, excuse me, uh, different campaigns um, throughout the year and stuff. Um, so I, I guess I was just curious, like, what is it? What is it like? Because obviously, like everybody, I guess, has their own like personal opinion about um, different candidates and stuff. But what is it like working with all of these campaigns? Um, like having to separate maybe like a personal view you have for somebody else in in order to work um, efficiently with other candidates and campaigns. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's definitely something we have to do. And it's like, just like remembering when you're dealing with these candidates that regardless of it, we're all, for the most part, on the same side, like making sure that we remember like, okay, we're the job is to bring them here and let them make their pitch regardless of, you know, if there is a personal view. Um, And I think especially with just how... I don't want to say how nervous people are about 2020, but like the anticipation and like, okay, like we have to do this right Mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, I think people, I mean, we're still a long ways off from the general and a long ways off from the Iowa caucus, but I do think people have probably made up their minds earlier than previous um, election cycles, just because there's this like sense that we have to get this done. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think, it's probably a, a bigger issue this time around of putting personal views of candidates aside when you're bringing them in. But I don't think it actually affects like who gets brought in because our policy is pretty much if a candidate reaches out to us, we'll get them a room on campus. I guess, do you just have any like quirky stories or um, fun experiences that you've had with a candidate or a campaign working with them? I don't know if we've had that much with the presidential yet, just because it's... Um, been like it hasn't been much like actual i mean the whole uh ranch girl thing with Gillibrand that was like we booked the airliner for for her but that wasn't really i mean that wasn't really us so that was right i went to grade school with ranch girl (laughs) (laughs) just gonna gonna plug myself for that yeah you know no big deal Okay, so I'm curious, so um, what kind of format have you of event have you seen as being like the most successful in bringing out students and um, community members? Um, I think the the style that, from what I can tell, a lot of what brings people the most still is name recognition. So the bigger candidates are still doing like things that, for example, like the main ballroom where they're up on the stage, you know, they give their big speech and all that. And I think that that still is what's been bringing out the most people. The little like side events that they do with University Democrats, I think has been very helpful, especially with students, because we usually have probably around 20 people at those. And I think that's a really good opportunity for candidates to talk directly to students and answer questions that they might not be able to do at a huge rally type event. And so is that just with like University Democrats or is that like with like lots of people? So it's, it's usually just with university Democrats. It depends sort of on the candidate. Um, when Bernie Sanders was here, we did it, the side event along with the young democratic socialist group. Um, when, uh, Kamala Harris was here, it was, um, university Democrats. And then, uh, a lot of like local school teachers and that 
a lot of like local school teachers were there as well um because that was around the point when they were really pushing their uh new policies on um secondary education for sure and do you think so i mean the caucuses are like a really kind of personal process you have to like physically stand for your candidate um when you're going to caucus so i'm curious what you think uh what is more effective for a candidate to like gain support do you think that um it's um sort of the policy conversations or do you think it's more those those small intimate meetings with the udems or with um with like caucus goers yeah i think well first off i think with the new changes to the caucus hopefully um it'll be easier and more inclusive for people this this coming cycle and hopefully with changes, you know, people won't have to stand for three or four hours waiting for if their candidate is viable or not. I think, especially with something like the caucus, I think there is something to be said for those personal conversations, um, because it's more than just casting a, a vote for who you want. You have to, you do, even with the changes, you do have to stand there. And if your candidate becomes unviable in your precinct, then you have to, you know, be convinced whether or not to go to another candidate's section so you know having having a personal meeting with a candidate where they they like answered your question or discussed even if it is policy based like discussing some policy with you i think will play a big role when we get around caucus time but i think at the same time outside especially of iowa city or people who can't make it to events um with how 2020 shaping up i think policy is going to be a really big part of that Oh, I guess one other thing that I've noticed, and I don't know if you have any thoughts about this, but I've noticed that at least with Elizabeth Warren and some with other campaigns, they're hosting events that don't include the candidate that are just like, come have beers with us at Joe's place and we'll talk about Elizabeth Warren's student debt policy. What do you think about what some of those events are like? Yeah, um, I think, again, that's something with how many candidates we have um, when you're trying to decide between 21 candidates it's important for it's important for you know like the campaign staffs to be as active as possible in talking about the candidates because there could be another news story the next day of some other candidate who announced that grabs people's attention so i think i think a lot of candidates are doing those types of events um like doing like yeah get beer with the staff and learn about that get coffee um i see like there's a lot of that always posted in the like johnson county democrats facebook group of campaign staffs coming through. And I think it's, I think it's a really good idea. Um, I don't know if it's been done frequently before, but I think especially if you're someone who's, you know, considering volunteering for a candidate, which I also plug and everyone should do because that's the most important part to winning an election. But especially if people are, you know, considering volunteering or hosting house parties or that sort of thing, knowing the staff is a very like important part to that and so I don't know, i'm a big fan of these staffs doing like events without the candidates all right so last question here so i guess are there any particular candidates not necessarily you know um maybe not necessarily like who you support but if there's any particular candidates that you see or that you think people should be watching um over the next few weeks here just because of how they're doing currently um i guess who would those candidates be just so we can kind of make sure we keep an eye out on them um i think Probably some of the biggest candidates right now. I mean, you have to, like, there's no denying right now, like, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders are the two front runners at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, and I think uh, Biden was just back in town this past week. 
um, and Bernie was here a little while ago. Um, I think those are two to look at, not just because of like their histories, but like right now they are the front runners. I think in terms of like the up and coming candidates, um, I think Elizabeth Warren has, especially in the past couple weeks, has been really on the rise, um, especially with a lot of her policy around college debt and things like that. Um, I think that's something that's very attractive to students. Um, Pete Buttigieg has obviously been getting a lot of attention these past really like month or two months now mm -hmm. um, since his announcement and even before then. Um, and I think especially with his age and just how close he is to like so many college students age, that's a big factor. Um, and then I'm a little biased because my like background with March for Our Lives and all that, but I think Cory Booker's new gun control policy that he just put forward yesterday, I think will probably gain like a sizable amount of attention, especially mm -hmm. with college students in that age group. And so I think, I mean, there's so many candidates who from nine months out from the caucus or whatever we are, that somebody we're not even talking about now could easily shoot up and be the front runner by the time that comes around or after that. But I mean, those are the candidates who I think a lot of people are giving a lot of attention to on campus right now. Um, but the other thing is with Iowa City is there's always so many candidates coming through that by the time we get to the caucus, people have pretty much will have been able to see as close to everyone as they want to. So people have, I guess, a more concrete opinion by then. Well, is there any magic pill to win over University of Iowa students for all oh. those Democratic presidential candidates listening to this podcast? I don't think I can say don't root for Iowa State, right? That can't, that can't be one. Um, people are pointing out that Beto was wearing an Iowa State hat and a Hawkeye hat. That's and a UNI hat and, a UNI. and like probably like five other colleges too. That's, but that's sacrilegious. Um, <laughs> um, posing with Herky probably doesn't count. <laughs> Visiting Rusty, um, that would get my vote. I think of, I don't think there's anything that would be necessarily a, some magic thing, but I think a lot of what candidates have been doing this cycle with meeting as frequently as possible with students is the right direction moving forward, regardless of just 2020. Perfect. All right. So this was Nick Pryor with the University of Iowa Democrats. Nick, thank you so much for stopping in the cloakroom today. We really appreciate it. Thank you.